be with you. Yes, yes, my brother. There we go. It's Star Wars Day. Anyways, I'm your host, Matthew Weber. I'm joined by the boys. They're back. Ricky Williams and Vincent Roy, both here. What up? We're actually doing a podcast. Uh, we're not on time because Ricky uh, was having Linux problems. Yeah, Linux. What else, podcast. What else is new? Um, but who cares? My laptop. Up. <laughs> you should have stuck with Redmond, Ricky. You should have stuck with Redmond. Yeah, All right. that's okay. Next uh, Linux cast, we'll, I'll tear into these fuckers. <laughs> All right. So this is the li- the this isn't the Linux cast. Obviously, this is the three casts. <laughs> we review movies. We review TV shows. We review comic books. Um, we every once in a while we'll discuss a book that we because just to prove that we remember how to read. Um, but I think we read time- subtitles in this movie. Uh- yeah. <laughs> this time we reviewed the movie Black Panther, which was Vince's selection. So Vince, why don't you tell us what Black Panther was about? Wakanda forever. So, um, in light of the fact that Wakanda, sorry, I kept on calling the movie Wakanda, and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot it's called Black Panther. Um, in light of the fact that Black Panther just completely annihilated records prior to uh, this past weekend's uh, record smashing of the Infinity War series, um, I thought it would be worth talking about it because I think that it's notable on a couple of things, not only for the financial success, but also for its uh, social and cultural commentaries. For it's the first real um, uh, Afrocentric film that has completely killed the marketplace. Um, and I also want to just comment on its relevance to uh, even as far as the most recent Infinity War movie. Because I think uh, that there is, there's a bit of a, a kind of commentary that, come, that has to be precipitated about um, the, the kind of relationship of these uh, sequential movies that Marvel's been spinning out. I think they're, uh, you know, we did have an earlier podcast about uh, movie or superhero fatigue, and I think that um, this movie also plays a critical part uh, in, into that, and we can talk about that. But in essence, let's talk about the plot right off the bat. The reason why uh, this is notable isn't just simply because the characters are black, but um, that the uh, issues that are um, at play make for a very interesting antagonist uh, scenario. So the movie starts off with basically, you know, 1990s kind of uh, San Francisco, um, you know, or, or is it, no, it was, it was, was it Compton? I can't remember anymore. Um, but basically yeah. it's, it's your, it's your, it's your, you know, the, the, the height of the kind of race war, Rodney King kind of thing. And, you know, there's uh, this uh, secreted away, the, the kind of uh, second in line for the Wakandan throne, um, is basically trying to smuggle and deal with arms to basically take Wakanda's high-tech uh, industries to basically empower black people around the world to rise up and basically get compensation for all the kind of um, abject slavery and poverty that has been inflicted upon them by the colonial movements of centuries past. Now, of course, Wakanda being a uh, country of high-tech uh, you know, um, origins, they actually give a, give a little brief uh, introduction to why Wakanda's economy and its civilization is so advanced because of this one material called vibranium, which happens to also be found in uh, Captain America's shield. shield. But because, yes, but because of all this technology, they're able to successfully develop like one of the most leading-edge um, futuristic cities, but they have to keep it under the guise of secrecy because they just want to keep onto themselves. Um, and, and the whole premise of this whole movie is that um, you know the, the antagonist, who happens to be the son of this person, 
uh, the second in line, he basically uh, is is kind of miffed and and decides to actually embark on um, fulfilling his father's wishes, which is to basically empower um, you know the black population across the world uh, to basically have power over themselves. Um, so this obviously comes into conflict with the existing ruler of Wakanda, um, and uh, that's the Black Panther character. And it's interesting to see how they deal with the kind of uh, uh, tribal succession routes and the kind of uh, fight to be the leader. So um, what happens is you you quickly realize that you know Wakanda's leader is um, given superpowers by these types of flowers that give him the ability to have super uh, agility, healing, and all that. And on top of that, if you combine it with the technology that is available in Wakanda, uh, he makes for quite a formidable uh, superhero. And we've seen glimpses of him in the Civil War movie um, that happened, uh, I don't know, four years ago, I think. I can't, I can't keep track of that anymore. In any event, um, the... the yeah, without... he was in Winter Soldier, too. He was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yes. I think yes. that was the first time we got uh, we saw him, his yes, character. Yes, that, that, that's where, that's where um, the original Wakandan uh, king is assassinated. Yeah, it's assassinated, yeah. So, so, so basically, without getting to all of the admired details, there's a high-tech country called Wakanda, um, and uh, basically there's a fighting ritual to to succeed. And the uh, you know this this prodigal son comes back and beats the actual uh, king uh, fair and square, and he becomes the uh, the king of uh, Wakanda. And of course, he wants vengeance. He also mm-hmm. wants to uh, meet. Oh, I think someone's microwave is going off. That's um, my phone. Sorry. He wants, to, he wants to meet justice, and of course, uh, in doing so, that means delivering weapons of... Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. What? what? You spent way too much time downloading ringtones. Just putting it out there. Um, so he, the, the whole premise is that at the end, he's trying to deliver uh, weapons of uh, you know Wakandan uh, tech destruction around the world, but they're fortunately able to... Um, there's a little bit of a Wakandan civil strife to uh, stop this deployment of weapons across the world. And at the end of the day, the uh, various warring factions, um, you know, uh, come together to stop uh, this from happening. And um, everyone lives happily ever after until civil war happens, right? But at the end of the day, there's two things that are notable. Um, First off is that Wakanda has to open its boundaries and borders to the rest of the world. And that um, there is uh, another teaser at the very end, which uh, alludes to, again, the fact that they've been harboring the person that was accused of assassinating the Wakandan king. Um, so so that, that's pretty much a, a very quick rundown of the plot. But I wanted to comment on a couple of things that made this movie interesting to me, was that it was one of the first movies where you actually had a villain that was not just in it to get greed or to get power, but it was about like just retribution. And, you know, certainly with the political system and like everything from Black Lives Matters, um, you know, to to the kind of, uh, you know, uh, Trayvon, you know, uh, situations. Right. We, we see that um, th- this movie portrays this kind of struggle of the African-American or African dis- dis- diaspora um, as something notable. So it's very hard to completely uh, feel abject hatred for the villain uh, who's played by Michael. Uh, his name's Killmonger played by Michael B. Jordan. And, and you know, it's interesting that, that, that you do empathize because, like, you know, I mean, white guilt aside, I think there is a certain amount of, like, empathy for someone who is trying to fight for his people. And when I say people, I mean, like, African dis- diaspora around the world 
to kind of uh, be empowered after centuries of slavery. So I thought that was one of the first things that made it unique as a Marvel movie. And the other thing that was really interesting was that uh, it, it went into the kind of geopolitical scenario where it wasn't about conspiracy theories. Like if you have watched any of the other Marvel movies, it's always about like um, a back of house conspiracy theory, whether it's the Civil War things and the kind of in, in, inherent uh, infighting that's about happening in the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, organization or about um, like even Iron Man's first movie where it was like, you know, there's a corporate, uh, you know, under underpinning uh, that, that that's kind of corrupt. Uh, this one was just straight up. No, Wakanda's a good country. And, um, you know, th this one faction coming from outside uh, is, is the problem. So I thought that those two factors made this a very unique movie. Um, and I also think that one of the inherent problems with it um, is that it, it, it does uh, just basically serve as a kind of another device to accelerate the kind of Marvel train of movies. So that's just my, my quick you know analysis of it. I, I, I don't want to sound uh, pejorative in, in the movies, uh, you know, uh, like it's a very good movie, but I still think there are some uh, critical plot holes. Um, like how is it that the vegetarian um, tribe finds uh, the, 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 king, the former king's body, even though it was like, how did you find them? They live in the mountains. Oh, we were, uh, and you're vegetarians. Oh, it was a fishing expedition. Wait, you're fishing and you're vegetarians? What? Um, and you're in the mountains? Like it made no sense to me. And, but but I mean there are some really big holes that that you know I think people just kind of overlooked. Yeah. But I'm gonna let that slide. They should have uh, just said we have GPS, dude. Yeah, I, I never understood that. But but anyways, um, I, I I think that obviously this movie has a lot of social commentary. Um, and as I was telling Matt, I think it'd be really wrong to not have Ricky chime in on this. Um, but I, I just want to be clear. I'm the Chinese guy that recommended that we talk about uh, this movie. Okay? Go. Okay. Um, okay, I'll go next. Um, so for me, it's funny because when the thing, when we talked and I said I hadn't watched the movie yet, and, you know, you guys were kind of surprised. But the thing is, for me, I look at it kind of coming from the comic side, not coming from the, you know, oh, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's a black character, all black cast or whatever. Um, and for me, um, comic characters, some I love, some not so interested in, and it's weird, right? Like, so, you know, looking on the DC side, um, in the comics, Green Arrow doesn't really interest me, but the show, I love the character. Um, it's the same thing here. Um, in the Netflix series, Luke Cage loved the character. In the comics, not so much. Um, same thing, Black Panther. I've never really been a, you know, a black, like Black Panther never really interested me in the comics. Mm -hmm. um, so the same thing, when the movie came out, I was like, yeah, I want to see it. But um, even seeing the Black Panther character in winter soldier and and again it, it wasn't something where i was like oh my god you know this is amazing um just because i've never really been attached to that character right um you know but i, I love the movie um i i have to say that we have to give props that they redeemed michael b jordan after his um fantastic four uh, yeah <laughs> won't go any further on that 
Um, but yeah, you know, it was an awesome movie. Um, you know, major um, African American cast. Um, the movie overall, like you said, was you know blockbuster shattering. Um, until Infinity War came along, um, just the whole. You know, it, it's funny because even in the um, in the comics, Wakanda has always been sort of a we're apart from the world, we're more advanced. You know, we we just sort of stick to ourselves, and and because the world they see the world as sort of um, it's sort of corrupting, right? It's sort of similar to DC's the mascara yeah, exactly. kind of thing, right? Yeah, so it's like. Um, you know, we use what we have, and look, we don't have any outside forces, and look how far along our society is. Um, you know, so the the over, the way they they brought it in, um, you know, the Black Panther character, I I really loved the movie. So, yeah. Now, just just a quick question: Did you find? Mm-hmm. I just found that some of the things, the characterizations, though, were. Uh, questionable like I think that um, the I, I don't know about you but I found that some of the um, ways to present African tribes was very uh, stereotypical yeah 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 like everything from the hoop earring things to like the yeah. kind of warrior princess to the guy with the like dish in his in, the, in, the, in his lip and stuff yeah I like I, you know I know that exists across the continent but I think it's very difficult to just go, yo, man, it's Africa. So this country's got like these six different tribes and they all look like they're different parts of yeah. Africa. But that... I think I think that's, you know, like I think that's pretty hard to deal with, right? I mean, it's, it's a very thin line because if you get away from that and you try to put a different look to it, then you have people who are from those tribes or know of those tribes, and then they don't see it being... I mean, it's a movie, it's not ultra-realistic, but, I mean, you have to be very careful, right? Like, you know, how... When you get away from something and you portray it in a different way, there's two ways you can take it. You might be thinking, okay, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but then the person might take it, okay, so are you not portraying it this way because you think there's something wrong with that you know what i mean like you have to be very careful about how you put things because you know there will always be someone who will put it a different way Mm -hmm. and you know the backing of that then it could really spin out of your favor when you were trying to do it in a good way um Mm -hmm. but you know overall the thing is remember that every movie that we've reviewed or or talked about i've always said that you know when it comes you know yeah fast and furious the guy shifted seven times in a five speed car Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i overlook those things just because that's the way i am when i go in to see a movie like is it it's the fantasy of it that pulls me in it's not you know, I'm not watching it to be, oh, my God, is this so realistic? Like, I don't go to it for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, um, I mean, it's a, it's a vehicle for pop culture. So, I mean, like, if 
like the, the reason why I'm talking about the kind of stereotype of the kind of yeah, I know it's how I've, they're how it, they're portraying it, yeah. how they're pushing it forward. How because if I took if I took the the Fast and Furious thing and I said like every single time a Chinese guy gets behind the wheel of a car, they get in a car accident or something, <laughs> you'd be like, hey man, that seems a little bit off to me, right? Like I mean, it's just things like that, right? Yeah, I I know, but you know, like I said, at the same time, you, you kind of. You have to be very careful about how... Because remember, it's not an African-American director. So, you know, if you if you put it in one way, you know, someone's going to jump out and say, well, you know, if it had been a black guy directing... You know what I mean? Like, you, you have to be very careful of how people are going to take it, how they're going to react to it. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. All right. Matt? Yeah. As a, as right, a so, non person. So here, <laughs> here's, here's here, Matt. You got once again be careful not to sound like you're racist. So yes, uh, <laughs> it, it was hard to watch this movie and not be racist about it. Um, uh, right, so there's a few things I want to comment on. First of all, I, I think it's very interesting, Vince, that you commented on stereotypes, because um, basically what I saw in this movie was this is just one big reverse stereotype. Like, in a, in a typical superhero movies, full of white people has the token black guy, right? We always comment on that. Yep. This one here, uh, cast full of black people, token white guy. I mean, <laughs> Martin Freeman, he's right there. I mean, li literally, he even has a crappy American accent. He's British. Yep. He's, why didn't they just make him a British... I mean, it wouldn't have hurt to have him be a British... Secret Service agent and just let him keep his accent. Um, they even I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there's quite a bit in this movie that's kind of influenced from James Bond. Did, uh, oh yeah. First of all, they had they had the the female like uh, Q person, which um, sister, yeah. Yeah. So and that was a really good scene. Like she's funny, right? Um, it was I mean it was it was it was a, it was a humorous scene there in the middle. Um, but also right after that they go into like um like. Like a Chinese, either like Little China. Or like, it was Korean, just to put it out there. Whatever. It was, it, it was an Asian city of some sort. Um, it's called Seoul. Millions of people live there. I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to the labels. It was whatever. Anyways, they, they go to that place. They're like in like some like gambling institution there. That's the exact same like um, set from uh, a James Bond film. It was I think it was um, Skyfall. Uh, is that was is that the one with Javier Bardem? Bardem? Skyfall, uh, or is that the one, was the one before? Yeah, yeah, Skyfall. Yeah, because that's that's the name of uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. It anyways, Jen, that set was from the it, literally it's the same building. Um, it's hilarious. Anyways, I I I found that whole stereotypical thing very interesting because it was literally they just reversed everything. I mean, even even like some of like the the villains were, you know. Had the, had the white guys coming out of the cars with really blasting rap music, which was, you know, interesting, because normally it's the other way around. Um, I think they did some of those things on purpose, which kind of, it, um, it was like they're trying, they were trying to forcefully make a point that, you know, um, this movie could be like this too, without, you know, having a big strong white dude as the, the hero. Um, mm -hmm. But... Other than that, there was some really fast and furious moments in this too. Um, like right after that, um, the, the the Korean scene where they're like in a, they're chasing after the the one dude, um, mm -hmm. the car like blows up and the one the 
the the one one woman like comes to a stop by um, digging her spear into this asphalt, and then the the woman who's driving is still in the seat and holding the steering wheel. You know, the rest of the car's gone, but she's just sitting there still holding the steering wheel. Like that's terrible. Um, <laughs> um, what else was I going to comment on this? I didn't make it all the way through the movie because I didn't have enough time. Um, but I will say, going into the movie, I had no interest in watching this movie, and it had nothing to do with you know the whole <laughs> racism or you know race social issues things. I'm just so tired of um, Marvel um, superhero movies. Completely sick of them. And one of the reasons Vince um, is the whole uh, the the idea that they're doing these things like in order, so you have to kind of pay attention to where they are in the storyline. Like I, I haven't watched a single Captain America movie, and supposedly this movie here fits within the Captain America narrative, right? And so, in some ways, like it comes, yeah. a, it comes after you know um, something, and, and is going to be before Civil War or whatever, right? Um. So well, I I think that. Yeah, I think the orders I'm, I'm getting messed up on now too. But I think even Marvel is getting itself messed up because um, Rick, have you watched Infinity War? No, not yet. Okay, because well, okay, it's not a spoiler that we all know that the Captain Marvel movie is coming out, right? Yeah, yeah. The Captain Marvel movie is set in the 1980s, and um, I think they're just realizing, like, I think Marvel is realizing that in order to capitalize on a lot of its characters, um, they're having to jump back and forth in time. Um, so I, I think you're right, Matt, that they, uh, to capitalize on his characters, um, are, are, are really just kind of doing weird things with the timeline. And yes, it is very frustrating because I think it's, if it weren't for the fact that I travel a lot, I wouldn't watch, I wouldn't have watched any of the Thor or Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Because quite frankly, as, as Ricky said, there are certain characters I don't really care much for. And those people I really are, 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 have no interest in. But I'll be honest with you. Had I not gone on those two on those like trips on and watched those movies on the airplane, I would have missed out key points of like where the hell's Thor? Why the hell is Hulk like the way he is? Like there are so many things that you have to watch. So you're not just paying thirty dollars for the movie ticket. You're paying like fifty dollars for the movie ticket to get the full experience. Which I think Matt, I, I do understand that frustration, and I think that's becoming more and more problematic as the Marvel universe expands. Well, it's like that. I mean. It's a grand idea to have several different franchises that are, you know, all going along supposedly equally fast on the same timeline, right? I mean, it's a grand experiment to, I mean, because I mean, it's really never really been done before. I mean, we've yeah, we've had things like James Bond or whatever that have been going on for you know fifty, sixty years or whatever. Um, that are all that that's one character on one timeline. But what Marvel's doing is that they have a whole bunch of different characters that are spread out in the same universe. That they're they're trying to create a whole bunch of movies that are on the same timeline. The the problem is is when you get away from the person who pays attention to these kinds of things, the, the, away from the people who have read all the comic books or you know whatever, um, and you go to, you know, so you're like me and you know you've read some Batman, you've read some Superman. You know, you got the main things under your belt, but you're not into the esoteric things. And you get to the Black Panther movies. Like I've never, you know, I've heard of this character, but I've never read any of the, the comic books. I haven't seen the Captain America movies where he's apparently introduced. Um, you go into them like I don't know who these people are. I don't know why I should care. 
you know, I mean, yeah, it's sad, you know, you know, you like he lost his father or whatever, and um, you know, he's fighting for his country and you know, power to everything, and you know, it's an interesting storyline, but it, again, it's not anything in terms of the timeline that makes me care because I mean, how how does this play into the other Marvel movies? I don't know because I haven't seen those other Marvel movies, but they're still attempting to try to make me care that it, that this somehow fits in. And not only does, um, but I mean, it's just really my problem is I get confused because I don't know these things, and it, you almost have to know some. Of, you have to have some kind of background of the character coming into the movie in order for it to make complete sense, you know, and that bothers me. And I've complained about that before. We, um, um, one of the other superhero movies, I think I complained about this when we watched Suicide Squad, baby. Because mm. um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of, like, in, in that, that's the movie that has, like, um, Harlequin and... Um, yeah. But, but I would say that that movie is a little bit different in that... Um, I, I think a lot of the superhero movies, you kind of have to deal with the fanboy baggage where, like, there, even if it was, like, Harlequin or whatever, like, n there was no predecessor movie that you had to watch to understand the cinematic universe. Whereas Marvel, right, because um, you, you actually have to know what's happening in the other movies. Like, for, to watch Infinity War, you can't go into it cold going, like, I know the comics and, and then be able to say, I can, I can appreciate the movie as it is. You have to have known all the stuff from the other Marvel movies, not the comics. So you've had to buy or pay or to watch those Marvel movies to actually get a full insight on and appreciation for Infinity War, which I think is a is a huge problem. Well, not, then they not, do they do this stupid thing where they put part of the like really key information at the end of the credits. Like, I mean, fifty percent of people don't wait till the end of the credits to w keep watching the movie. Cause, I mean, those things they like take like. 10-15 minutes. I mean, you just want to get the hell out of the theater, and you know, like, for example, at the end of the first Iron Man, there's you know, a key piece of content, and I think they did it for the two and three as well, you know. But I didn't watch that. I had no clue it was there, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know why they do that. That's just that's just not that's not. They did yeah, it at the end of this movie too, right? Comes out, that usually comes out on the social, anyways. So. Well, yeah, but I don't pay. Unless I'm, like, really into the movie and really, really liked it, like, I don't know, Harry Potter or, you know, probably for you guys, Star Wars, or, I mean, it's, it's some gigantic movie that I'm, I know going in, I'm going to watch this thing over again some other time. Uh, mm -hmm. Then I will pay attention to the fandom surrounding it. But, like, like um, Iron Man or uh, Suicide <clears throat> Squad or this movie or, you know, any of these one, any of these superhero movies that I'm just... You know, I'm not really interested in watching. I'm just watching them because you know, it's something to watch. It's not something that I'm truly invested in. I'm not going to go and dig into the forums and say, "Oh my God, there's something I missed." Yeah, uh, but then, then, then the thing is, Ricky, you know, like you said, most you're people not aren't really do interested. That, you're just watching it to watch it. You know, when they're making these films, they know there's the hardcore audience that's going to see it multiple times. And then there's the people who are going to go see it. And if you're just watching it to watch it, you're not going to care about what comes next or what comes before it. You're just going to see it anyways. Well, and maybe I'm in the middle in, in terms of this then because, you know, I, I, I care in that I know that eventually one of you guys are going to choose another superhero movie <laughs> for us to watch. And, and I'm going to have been lost because I still missed part of the, the movie. 
You know, because not only did I not finish this movie, and I don't know whether or not I'll have time to do so, but I also didn't catch whatever was at the end. And I also know, because it's in the Captain America universe or whatever, um, I'm totally lost because I've never watched any of those because I hate the actor. Um, what's his name? Chris Evans? Is that his Evans. name? Yeah, I, I don't like him. I, he's just not a good actor. Um, he's too, I don't know, mechanical for me. I mean, just he's never seemed, seemed like, a, like a good actor. And I, I don't have an alternative to him or anything like that. And, it, it, and honestly, it could it could probably be any actor, and I'd probably still not care for the Captain America um, universe. I just, I never cared I, for, I, never cared for I the... Just, go ahead, sorry, finish that off. I just never cared for the, the, the comics either. It was just, in, I don't know... Maybe I'm anti-patriotic or something. I, I just, it, it was a little too... I Because mean, he, he somehow gets made into Captain America by like a, like an experiment by his like father or something, right? Uh, the government. Oh, the government. Yeah. Okay. So it, it was a little too... Um, uh, it, it was a little too uh, Spider-Man for me, I guess. Um, well, well, it's funny that you mentioned that. So, so I was just going to make a little uh, snarky comment that, you know, I was kind of hoping that Michael B. Jordan would survive so that at the very least we could have a kind of um, reunion of sorts of the old Fantastic Forecast in Infinity War. <laughs> so you'd have like all all the all the guys from the shitty uh, movie franchises that didn't quite succeed come come back to life. Like like the fact that Chris Evans. So, so and the, this brings me to my second point, which is if you look at it, I am really surprised that Marvel is able to make the shitty characters really accessible. Like I mean. Who would have thought that their first foray would have been with Iron Man, who honestly is like a B-list superhero? Then Captain America, B-list. Thor, B-list. And then when they pulled Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, for sure they're going to mess it up. And I was like, holy crap, that made killing money, right? But then when they put it behind – then when you see the movies like <coughs> um, Spider-Man, they have to reboot it like what? Two, three times to get them to get the thing started now. Well, yeah, they did the same thing with Hulk, right? Like they yeah, and Hulk exactly. So these are yeah, but yeah, but remember that's not Marvel rebooting it. Marvel doesn't own those characters. Okay. Yeah, but the, I just, this is just, the, just this uh, Spider-Man is the first time that Marvel has ever actually been involved with because the they bought it from Sony. I, I I know that, but I'm just talking about so, just the characters in general, like the superhero characters in general, like. Like, look, Deadpool is successful, and it's not Marvel, right? Well, I mean, yeah, you know, I know that. But what I'm saying is that you know, if you look <sighs> at Hulk and you look at Spider-Man, you know, they've rebooted it that many times because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, right. That's the thing it, I want it, to get. At. You know, yeah. Like, like, don't you think though that it's really surprising that, it, regardless of it being under the umbrella of like the Disney Marvel Studios or not, it's the fact that superhero movies have been repeatedly rebooted so often and it's the ones that are the shitty characters that tend to have the traction whereas the strong capital characters like the spider-mans the hulks the fantastic fours you know those are the ones that really need the the perfection um behind it which which really surprises me i mean dc I mean, obviously marvel's not the only one that does it. i mean dc did it too right i mean batman's been rebooted how many times batman didn't even really have a true astonishing success until uh, Christopher Nolan took over, right? Yeah, but I, but I think that that was like um, a lot of time had had passed away, and I mean, I, I that's mean, true. Plus, plus, I mean, plus it couldn't have gotten any worse after. I mean, who was the Batman before um, Clooney, Kilmer, or um, Keaton? Was but Clooney was the one right before, right? Uh, Clooney came after Keaton, right? And then yeah, Kilmer, yeah. Okay. Uh, see, I thought it was the other way, but either, either way, be, like, be, 
for, for the Batman that I remember, I'm totally this is totally off topic. But the Bat, the Batman I remember before the Christopher Nolan films was George Clooney, and those films were god awful. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, those are really bad. So I mean, that the, when it, when you talk about rebooting superhero films, Batman seems to be the one that comes through. I mean. They they they've even now now they had the last person who played Batman was Ben Affleck. Yep. Was that true? Um, yeah. We are, so this can we just hold on a sec? Can we just think about this for a moment that we live in a universe where Ben Affleck played Batman? <laughs> and will still. Oh, he's gonna play it in another movie. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't Rick, worse uh, enough that he did it. Yeah, once. he was in Justice League. Yeah, so he's gonna be in well, the. They're, uh, not, they're not gonna just swap him out. Yeah. I would have, because I hate Ben Affleck. But and then... there's there's always this discussion about just rebooting and doing like a single Batman movie again. Just so so so, so basically Ben Affleck is 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 Batman in a solo Batman movie. Mm. Yeah, it'd be hard to live up to. Um... Why why can't, why can't I think of the guy who played Batman? What's his Bale, name? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, um, I mean, it's gonna be hard. To, I mean, he was. He was a fairly good Batman, really. I mean, he's a terrible actor, but he was a fairly good Batman. Um, anyways, we, we completely jumped to a whole nother company. Universe. My, my sorry. But, but anyways, back back to Wakanda. I think that, you know, there's a lot of good points made, like everything from the uh, connections to the uh, Wakanda as the Marvel version of the Wonder Woman Thermos Gaia uh, situation, all the way through to, um, you know, Matt, your observation about just, like, how the sequencing in general for these movies is problematic. But, I mean, you can't deny the fact that it's made tons and tons of money. I'm not sure if it'll make even close to success uh, of what the first one did. Um, I, I don't think it can live up to that hype. I think a lot of the hype behind this movie wasn't simply because of the African-American uh, audience, um, but I think it was just because it had some key ingredients that, play into the infinity war and i think people kind of saw the you know saw, saw the the, the stuff. um so i think that coming back to both those points that you know it's a rather character and that uh it, for some reason they got jacked up and to matt's point that people felt obliged to watch this because even though they might not have been a super black panther character knowing full well that it dovetails right into the start of infinity war and that's the kind of penultimate movie um, in the franchise so far, people had to watch it. Okay, so it's like a homework um, assignment. With um, with in terms of the next movie, I mean, I don't. It may not live up to it. I mean, that's just how sequels are. I mean, if you look God at Father Iron Man and, and, then, and then you look like Iron Man Two, you know what I mean? Like the first one is always the one where it's novel, it's new, it's you know. Um, but uh, Infinity War spoiler here, so if you haven't seen it and you don't want no spoilers, turn this shit off and then come back later. Okay, I'll give a couple seconds for that to sink in for people. But but, but coming from um, the guy who hasn't watched the movie, huh? Coming from the guy who hasn't watched the movie yet. Yeah, I know, but I know this, and I've also read the arc in the comics, so it's not like. There's tons of stuff that you oh, know different. what I mean. It's different. I know it's different. Movies are, but it's not like a hundred percent flip. Like there's things that happen there that. But anyway, so what I'm saying is, in the second movie, you have to remember that in Infinity War, Black Panther dies or 
you know, Thanos snaps him away. Um, now, in terms of Wakanda, that means that I can't remember the lady's name, but she would be next in line. Shuri? Right? Yeah. His sister? Yeah. Yeah, so she would be next in line. So you're talking about a second film coming out, and you're talking about, number one, uh, you know, an all-black cast. Again, you're talking about a woman um, main uh, hero. That's going to be, you know, because you're talking two minority roles here that people are going to flock to that, right? Um, but again, it depends, because if you know your Infinity War, um, in the end, all the people come back that were snapped away. Yeah. So in the second movie, you know, has she been given Black Panther status and then... You know, Black Panther comes back, so now it's like, what do they do? Do they fight each other for the well, title? So, so, but you, you know what I mean? So there's still, this, mm-hmm. I was gonna say this is the problem though, because because we know already the reality okay. of the sequencing of the movies. We know that next year, Infinity War Part Two is coming out, so it actually will come out before Wakanda Part Two comes out, right? So. So we already know that you know what you're describing makes perfect sense, except for the fact that we already know the sequence of movies coming out, and we know that, yeah, Infinity War, Black Panther is going to come back to life, okay, and that the Black Panther sequel will probably not have anything directly tied to um, Infinity War. So it's it's an unfortunate situation, and it's an unfortunate situation that arises from Marvel's own success, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, let's go ahead and real quick give our grades. I would give the – I'm going to refrain from giving a grade because I didn't finish it. I feel – I don't feel that I deserve the right to create a performance that I only see half of. So, um, Ricky, why don't you give us a a grade for this? I'd give it a four and a half out of five. Ooh, okay. Ooh, I'd give it a three and a half out of five, and uh, I think that probably the reason why is just um, it – it's get, it gets a decent grade for a superhero movie because it actually had an interesting character point. Um, other than that, it's just a generic superhero movie. That's the problem. Vince, real quickly, can you can you just... Uh, I watched half of this movie and didn't notice a soundtrack. Um, I, I, I want to say it was... Was Alan it that so forgettable? I could be wrong. It, it just seemed forgettable to me. It is, it, you know, normally, this, you know, like, um, The Avengers has a really nice so- soundtrack done by um, what is his name, Silvestri. Alan is it Silvestri or is it? I from... don't think so. It was it started with the J. Alright, so James Horner is is another music score guy. No, that's not. No, it's not him. Um, it'd be Giacchino is the other guy that does. Um, but Silvestri, Giacchino. So it, was Sil- it was Alan Silvestri, yeah. Yeah, it was Alan Silvestri. What? It was. Yeah, yeah it was the um. Mine. He's the guy that does like Lilo and Stitch and a bunch of other. Anyways, but um, I found that the mo- the music soundtrack, the soundtrack wasn't inherently bad. It's just that it, in order to play up, because the scenes you can't play like you know um classical music when you're showing like like you know African savannas and stuff. So he <laughs> takes it upon himself to play to the kind of scene, which is the endogenic music, the the music of what you would kind of hear from that part. So the drums, the kind of more um you know uh, African beats and stuff. I think that's what it was, that's maybe the reason why instead of picking up as solely 
um, musical score, you picked it up maybe as more ambient cues to visualize the, you know, support the the kind of uh, scene, right? Yeah, just unforgettable to me, and, and I guess that's a shame. Um, anyways, Ricky doesn't care about soundtracks, so we'll, we'll, we'll just move on. All right, anyway, so that is it for us this time. Um, I have no clue what we're doing next because Ricky hasn't filled it in, so we don't know what we're going to do next. Um, it'll be something. Hopefully Ricky will choose something that's not, you know, um, the end of the world or whatever that one Will Smith was in. That was terrible. Ricky, choose a good movie. Choose a good movie. Right, anyways. I um, will. It I might be a TV show. Uh, can, you, can, you, can, we, can we choose something? Uh, I, no, you want to want? Choose whatever you want. I'll bash it when we talk about it. Anyways, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. Email at the threecast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MTWB is myself on Twitter. Ricky is Ricky underscore Williams one. Vince is VWHUI. Uh, you can follow us uh, on, on Twitter uh, for the threecast is at the threecast. You can follow us on t- Facebook at facebook.com slash the threecast. Um, the baby doesn't have a Twitter account yet. He's too young for Twitter. Yep. Um, <laughs> get off social media. Is it, yeah, the Snapchat account's crazy though. <laughs> In 20 years, they're going to be doing commercials where it shows uh, somebody cracking an egg and frying it. This is your brain on social media. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with whatever the hell we're going to be back. Uh, we'll see you then. Take care. See you.